Welcome to Deep Dive Coaching for Creatives with me, Coach Cami. In each episode, we'll be covering the basics of deep inner work, the hardest and most important work you can possibly do for yourself. I've been where you are, stuck with self-limiting beliefs and other subconscious roadblocks and no idea how to get past them. I've been through this process myself. I want to help you become your best you. You deserve it. In this episode, you'll learn all about your inner critic, the good, the bad, and most importantly, how to change it from being your enemy to your creative ally. This episode was recorded during an ADP list group session, so please forgive the occasional dings you'll hear. Ready to dive deep? The goal is to turn your inner critic from an enemy, that nagging, nagging monster, to your creative ally. Okay? So let's first identify what exactly is an inner critic and how can you tell the difference between your own voice, maybe your best voice, and this other voice that is constantly criticizing you. So this is kind of what it feels like when you're by yourself. These are the kind of things that your inner critic makes you feel. Unacceptable, unwanted, inadequate, undeserving, ugly, unfit, loser, insignificant. I mean, the list goes on. Or as a child, perhaps you felt this way. And a lot of our uh, heaviest baggage comes from the wounds we received as children. They don't go away. Even at 53 years old, I still, there's still a few, few bags or still, still a few rocks in my bags that I'm carrying around. And um, your inner critic loves to hang on to those because those are familiar. But we're going to get past all those today because those are your brain on autopilot and we're going to get into um, making these thoughts conscious so that you can then choose what to do with them. So your inner critic is that critical inner voice. Uh, your inner critic says things like, who do you think you are? They're going to find out you're a fraud. They're going to know you're, you're, you're actually not qualified. Maybe you're not good enough. And those things can get really old, but the good things that your inner critic does is remind you to wear pants before you leave the house. Or it gives you the, the red flags in your gut when a relationship is turning south. Or maybe you shouldn't take that job offer. That inner critic does have a useful purpose. Your inner critic's job is to make you safe. Right? So... Your inner critic's voice says things like, I can't, I really should, or I really shouldn't. Um, I always, I never, I want to, but uh, things like that. The, the voices that say, uh, that, that question your abilities, that question your talents or skills or your path in front of you. They come, the, the inner critic comes from a place of fear and it's a self-defense mechanism that you grew as a child to help you navigate new social situations. And while it's very, very important to have an inner critic as a child, your inner critic as an adult can go haywire and completely derail you from your real goals, right? So this is a quote I absolutely love. Argue for your limitations, and sure enough, they're yours. So if you keep saying, I can't, 
I won't. I'll never. I shouldn't. Then that's going to be your reality. So the first step is to listen to the conversations that are going on in your head. Start listening to what's actually happening in the gray stuff upstairs, you know? So how can you tell the difference between my voice and my inner critic's voice? So grab a piece of paper or something to write with. And I want you, I'm going to give you a sentence and I want you to fill in the blanks as many as come up. Okay. I would love to blank, but I'm afraid that blank. I would love to blank, but I'm afraid that blank. And I want you to feel free to put it in the chat or just write it down. I would suggest writing it down so that you can be as personal and um, vulnerable as you possibly can. Like, I would love to get a promotion, but I'm afraid that I'm not qualified. I would love to have a significant other, but I'm afraid that they'll leave me. I would love to lose weight, but I'm afraid that I'll always carry around that extra 10, 15, 20 pounds. I would love to be brave for my future, but I'm afraid that I'm escaping from responsibilities. I'd love to put my foot down more, but I'm afraid that I'm not always correct and I'll get called out. I would love to get promoted, but I'm afraid I'm not ready yet. Wonderful. And anything else that comes up. Your job here is kind of to listen and to record. Listen what's happening. Because you have brain cells, neurons... You have those same kind of cells in your heart and you have millions of them in your gut. And sometimes if you slow down and listen, listen to your gut, your gut will have some other things to say. So listen to what's going on in your body. Listen to what's going on in your heart. I would love to relax, but I'm afraid I'll fall behind. Yeah, beautiful. A lot of times it just takes slowing down. Slowing down and listening takes effort. And it's a new thing. So sometimes our brain resists. Our brains are really good at doing things repetitively. And if you think about when you first learned how to drive a car, your brain was firing all these neurons, lots and lots of them. And you were worried about where to look and where to hold your hands and where to put your feet and when and timing and and all of that. Your brain was lit up. If you were to do a scan of your brain on the first day you learned how to drive, it would be completely lit up. But now, if you drive at all, you can get to your destination without remembering how you actually got there or what movements you did or what motions that you had your body do to get to where you're going. Because your brain is really, really good at being efficient with things that you do over and over again. That's why practice is so important. However, when we're trying to do something different or when we're trying to learn something different, this ability, it really hinders our, our ability to make snap decisions when the old way of thinking is you listen to your inner critic. No, I can't. I shan't. I shouldn't. I never I won't be able to. 
And if that is the way of thinking that you've had for a long time, it's going to take some serious effort and repetition to get it into a new track that says, I can, I'll be able to, I can do this. I, I deserve this. Another one, I would love to be more confident about finally going after my envisioned life, but I'm afraid that I won't achieve what I want in, in time. Yeah. When we think of, I can't, I never, I shouldn't, I should. And it's coming from our inner critic. Chances are it's all down here. It's in this fear section. And the opposite of fear is love. And love is far more powerful than fear. That's the good news. The bad news is your brain still wants to operate from fear. If that's where you're used to operating. So these are the kind of things that you might hear from your inner critic or you might feel from your inner critic. If you're focused and you live your life from fear, it's called a scarcity mindset or a fixed mindset. And you look at your past and you think, oh, I hope nobody finds out about that thing. Or I really should have handled that differently. I regret not doing that. I regret doing that. Resentment is, you know, oh God, I can't, how come everybody else has has all these opportunities and I don't? Or uh, guilt, guilt is huge. Shame is I'm a bad person. Guilt is I've done something bad. Disgust is, oh, I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe I behaved that way. Or I said that thing. And that leads to anger and insecurity, a complete lack of self-confidence in your present moment. Looking through a lens of fear at your future, you dread what's coming. You might think 2020 was such a dumpster fire. 2021 isn't shaping up to me much better. How am I ever going to find a job? What's coming? What What if? What if? <coughs> Excuse me. And it's the, the what if that's dread. And this is where hopelessness lives and you're suspicious of other people and you're frustrated thinking this is never going to change and you're anxious and worried and it's a dreadful place to be. But the good news is you can choose to operate from a base of love and it is very much a choice. It's a choice you make day to day, moment to moment. An abundance mindset is also called a growth mindset. An abundance mindset lets you look at your past and be grateful for everything that you have ever experienced because it's brought you to where you are now in your life. And you can forgive yourself. You can forgive other people. You can know that you are a heck of a lot wiser than you were before. You can have pride in all of the things that you have overcome and all of the things that you have accomplished and with all this comes the contentment knowing that your past didn't happen to you. Your past happened for you. All of these things then lead to a growth of self-confidence and the, the fearlessness to be vulnerable. And vulnerable is where you can grow. That's the base from where you can grow. Gratitude is like the seed for everything. Vulnerability is the fertilizer. And then looking towards the future, you have compassion not only for other people who are also struggling to stay up at the top half of this diagram, but for yourself. And you start thinking of and talking to yourself much more kindly. And you have 
patience, knowing good things are coming because you're starting to take an active role in in creating your future. You are now the designer and the and the um the the builder of your future. And you can have hope because yeah, things are getting better and you start to trust yourself. You don't break promises to yourself. You can be excited knowing that really good things are coming because you're making them. And then when this when you're when you're ab, at your absolute best is when you can look through your lens of love at the future and start asking questions like, "Ooh, I wonder." And what if? Ooh, what if? And you start imagining a better, more solid, more successful future for yourself. Studies show that people who can inhabit the emotions of their future successful self are happier. I'm going to say that again. People who can inhabit the emotions of their future self are happier. Happier people are more successful over the course of their careers. They make lots more money over the course of their careers. They're healthier and they live up to 10 years longer than people who are unhappy. And again, this is a choice. This is moment to moment. This is not, oh, it's just the way I am or, oh, I can't be that way. Again, argue for your limitations and sure enough, they're yours. So choose to operate from a base of love. When you have those moments that you can decide ahead of time, how is it that I want to operate? I want to operate from a base of love. What does that look like? Well, what would love do? Would love get impatient and get snippy and gripe? Or would love say to me, you got this. You can do this. Keep trying. I know it's hard. Keep going. So that phrase I had you do, I would love to blank but I'm afraid that blank, I would love to, that first blank, that's love-based. That's what you really, really want to do. That's your highest, best self. And then when you say, but I'm afraid that blank, that's your inner critic talking. So which do you want to listen to? Which would serve you? Which would be better? So this is, if this is a story you tell yourself, what do you get in exchange for believing this story? You, you get something in return for believing this story. Is it that you don't have to try as hard? That you don't have to risk failure? That you don't have to take the chance? And you got to ask yourself, is that worth believing that old story? Is it worth it to believe that you can't do it? And if it's not, then it's time for a change. Because what's the cost of believing that story? The, the, the cost is you don't ever take that risk. You don't ever grow. You don't ever allow yourself to grow into a new skill set or a new job position or a new relationship. The cost of believing this is that you will stay where you are doing what you're doing and, and having what you have. And again, is that cost something you're willing to pay or do you really, really want that better life? And if that's the case, know that those are just stories. They're stories. We are not our thoughts. 
We are not our stories that we tell ourselves. We are the thinker of those thoughts. And if those thoughts aren't serving us, think something else. Right? We, we have the thoughts. The thoughts create emotions. Emotions drive behaviors. And behaviors create the world you live in. The job you have. The partner you have. The relationship you're in. The, the place where you live. It all starts with you, the, the, the you spark. And you have the thought that drives the emotion, that drives the behavior, that creates your reality. They're just stories. And if those stories are not serving you, then change them. So what's a better story? I want you to look at what you wrote. And I want you to think about how you can make that a better story. That story is, I would love to, I would love to try for a promotion, but I can't, I'm afraid that I won't get it or I'm afraid that I'll make myself look bad or whatever. What's a better story that has that outcome that you want? So take a minute and write a better story. Look at each of those instances that you wrote down. And think, what is a better story that I like to have on repeat? Because the cool thing is, a belief is just a thought on repeat. And you can always run experiments. For example, um, Jason says, I would love to relax, but I'm afraid I will fall behind. What if you do an experiment? What if you set a timer on your phone and you say for this hour or two hours or day, I'm going to relax and run an experiment. Think, okay, how did that go? Did I fall behind? Was it too long of a period? Okay, then let's shorten it. Was it not enough? Let's lengthen it. Experiments are great because it shuts off your inner critic enough to say, oh, this is just an experiment. Okay. I would love to be brave for my future, but I'm afraid that I'm escaping from responsibilities. Okay, Gamzee, what does being brave for your future entail? What are, the, what are the thoughts and beliefs and what are the emotions involved with being brave for your future? And can you experiment and test drive those? And think to yourself, what do you get in exchange for believing this new story? What do you get in exchange for believing this new story? Here we go. What do you get in exchange for believing the new story? Do you maybe take a chance on success? Do you take a chance on gaining happiness? What do you get in exchange? Maybe more confidence? What you get in exchange sometimes can be trust in yourself. And it's really important. Like how many times have you said, oh, I'm going to get up early and do the thing and then not done it? Breaking those promises to yourself makes it so you don't trust yourself. And if you can't trust yourself, then who can you trust? It kind of leaks out into other things, but you want to be able to trust yourself. So you make small promises to yourself, like for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to set a timer on my phone and I'm going to stare at the ceiling. I'm going to absolutely relax. I'm going to meditate or I'm going to go take a walk outside or I'm going to sit and enjoy my time. Whatever that is, you are allowing yourself to begin the process of trusting yourself. 
And is there a cost to believing that new story? You might take a risk. You might fail. You might make yourself look silly, but you might not. You might not. So how do you tame that inner critic then? How do you, you recognize the voice? How do you tame it? Okay. I love this quote, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So as you go through your day and you are recog- you're learning to recognize the voice of your inner critic, you can start writing things down. Like I want to, I want to um, apply for that promotion. I want to get, I want to ask for that promotion. And your inner critic is saying, oh, you can say, hang on, wait, now is not the time. Now is not the time I need you to come in. And you say, I acknowledge, you say to yourself, I acknowledge this fear. I acknowledge this concern and I'll come back to you if I need you. And I'll give you a good example. I was, um, I took June and July off to write my next book. And when I first started to write, oh my God, my inner critic chimed in. Who's going to buy this book? Who do you think you are? Are you going to be some kind of expert on this? Just, I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on. And I said to my inner critic, I said, shush for now. I don't need you to look at what I'm writing right now. This needs to come from my heart. And I need my inner critic to come in afterwards and make sure it makes it makes sense as my editor. So over the course of these two months, every time my inner critic would chime in, I'd say, no, 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 hang on. Not yet. Not yet. And then when I said, when it was all, the manuscript was all finished, I was like, okay, now I want you to take a look. And, and I could just feel my inner critic go, oh, yeah, we're going to get in here. We're going to go to town on this. And allowing my inner critic to just chop it to pieces, knowing that my inner critic's job is trying to maintain the status quo, to keep me safe, to, to not um, take any risks and so some of the times when I hear my inner critic chime in, I say, mm, now's not the time. No, I, I acknowledge that this is risky to put this kind of vulnerability out there, but I'm going to do this. So when, just like when I was saying, when we learn to drive a car for the first time, it's all over the place. So when you first are, are flexing this muzzle, muscle, muzzle, <laughs> flexing this muscle, it's going to be um, difficult because our brain resists change. And what, what makes it possible is repetition. That's why affirmations work, but only when they're on repeat. Like you can't say, you know, I tried telling myself I'm awesome once. It didn't work. It's telling yourself over and over again, I'm awesome. I deserve this promotion. I deserve a, a loving, sharing partner. I deserve creativity. I deserve happiness. Let me tell you, if you have a heartbeat, you deserve happiness. You deserve peace. And it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be work. But the most important work that you can do for yourself is on yourself. So in your own heart. So whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, 
you're right. Whether you think you can, you think you can, you're right. So please, think you can. By all means, choose love. Choose love over fear because that's what's going to serve you always, always, always. Choose love. For more good juju, visit cami.coach. C-A-M-I dot coach.